are listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. And here we go, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. He really is in. He's on time. No traffic today, no camels in the way. Dr. Bittar, how are you, my friend? That even rhymed. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Don't try this at home, folks. Uh, you get uh, tongue-tied and need some arnica. So uh, we got... <laughs> I, I like doing advanced medicine with you for all the right, all the reasons we we have fun together, including the scientific reasons, because we actually utilize real science as our alibi, right? As opposed to the fake news and the fake science and all of this promoting agendas. And it's really interesting because just recently, California, which is, you know, there's some crazy stuff that happens in California. Granted, but you know, one of the things they're they're pretty environmentally aware, uh, although sometimes it can get a, cra- a little crazy. But they have this thing called Prop 65, I think it was. And you can sue on behalf of the people of California, a company that is polluting, right? So it's a little bit of a protective mechanism. Now, that has been abused, but in this case, it's very interesting. Because they use this science and the fact that the World Health Organization has declared Monsanto's Roundup, or glyphosate, a possible cause of cancer, possible carcinogen. So somebody sued Monsanto and said, hey, you, you need to label it. And you know all the money in the world Monsanto has to fight this stuff. They were fighting and fighting and fighting, and it turns out they lost. They ha- they now have to label the, the, or their Roundup as a cause of cancer. Oh, my gosh. So what do they do? They strategize. They get together. They figure it out. They start a new campaign, a new battle strategy. And here's the headline. Monsanto launches war on scientists because they say science will ruin their business. <laughs> with all the science it's hurting our bottom line oh my goodness yeah this is their yeah. last the, it's the last refuge of these scoundrels i i um all i can say is next what's the next story <laughs> well yeah you know it reminds me dr batar of the uh, serolini study on rats with glyphosate right ingesting the glyphosate now round, they do the study monsanto conducts the study for what was it like three weeks six weeks something like that i don't know doc uh, if we remember that, but basically what Cirillini did was he did the same exact study, same design, same rats, everything. The parameters the same, except he extended the study out two years. It showed the rats all had cancer tumors. They were uh, they, there was infertility. There was major birth defects. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. And then Monsanto yeah. claims it's a it's a bogus study. Right. The the only difference was the duration, and that's exactly what the issue is. Because if you don't do something for long enough, you're not going to see. The, the consequences, and that's what the issue was. They they knew that it would make a market difference after so many months. You know whether it's a year necessary. I don't think it's probably even necessary to go a year, but it was markedly different between the duration, and that was the only variable. That was three weeks versus whatever. Yeah, was, oh, I think it was you know, two months to two years. Yeah, and, and it's just funny that they've just come out and admitted it. Plain, it's like we've failed on every other level, so now we've got to rail against science, right? And we've been railing at them be- for being unscientific, and now they're just going, "Yeah, yeah, we we are," <laughs> but that's our that's our new rally cry. 
Well, you know, it's interesting we were talking about glyphosate because I've been looking at glyphosate um, more recently, mm-hmm. not, not from a medical reason, not from a scientific reason, but actually from an agriculture perspective because they are things that, you know, there's an advantage to getting rid of weeds, yes. Nobody's going to deny that. And there's an advantage of uh, having um, grass that's growing and, and basically uh, having bald areas off ground where you need to, uh, fertilize and to get grass growing, but sometimes the weeds overtake. So how do you deal with that? And I've been spending a lot of time, actually mostly on YouTube videos, looking at various combinations of things that will work to kill weeds. And these are things like magnesium sulfate uh, with salt water, with uh, uh, oil of orange and uh, apple cider vinegar, and these various concoctions. And they all work pretty good, the people doing their own little experiments. The difference is that within two, three, four weeks, the plant will start growing again, whereas with the glyphosate, it won't. So I started looking at the chemical structure of glyphosate, and it was actually interesting. The glyphosate is a mineral-based compound. It's not a... I thought I... For whatever reason, I thought it was a synthetic-based compound, but it's actually a mineral-based compound. But the key thing about glyphosate is that it persists. It stays in the plant. And the more I try to research, like how long, for example, the produce, if it gets into corn or gets into soybeans, how long does it actually stay in the plant? And is it frequent dosing that causes this problem where they're being used every six weeks or every eight weeks? Or is it just one-time application mm-hmm. will continue to have a residue you know, over the next couple of years? And there is markedly deficient evidence of what the duration of glyphosate is. I know that in soil... Yeah. If you test it 20 days or 30 days later, you won't see it in soil. It's moved on in some way. It went somewhere. Exactly. But where does it go and how long does it stay there, more importantly? We know it's in the plant, but how long? For example, if it gets in the plant and now the tree grows and the tree puts out fruit, is the glyphosate still present in the fruit 20 years later? Mm. Well, again. Questions they should be answering and they haven't. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a two-month study on rats, and everything's fine. And, of course, we know you know it's, that's not a legitimate length of time to determine long-term effects because what's the real-world scenario when you're putting this on and in everything? It's going to be on and in everything you eat, and it's going to be in you. So what's the impact over time? And that's where the science is legitimate versus a two-month, oh, look, it's all good, right? Because we know exactly. we've talked about the brilliance of nature and the resilience of nature and our ability to adapt and even having one or two things that are bad once in a while is not going to be devastating to you. It's the accumulation of all of these things over all of that time. And everybody's a little different. We have strengths and weaknesses. I've talked about my experiences, the canary in the coal mine of, of Generation X, for instance. And that's why I was inspired to do what I did in my life to go this path. But, it, you know, it doesn't mean that it'll have the same impact on someone that's my age, growing the same the same year, eating the same food. Like we've done, you know, they've done studies, I think, on twins, right? And not everybody's identical, even if they're twins. That's one of the things that, how does it affect the same family, uh, same siblings, but in a different manner? And these are the types of questions that should be answered, they should be looking at. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, well, exactly. So let's uh, move on from this because there's not much more. As you said, there's not much more we can say about it. Uh, but we did have a, a question of the day come in. Uh, this is said Robert and uh, Dr. Batar. This is from Kelly. She says she used IV vitamin C for one year in the hopes that it would help her cancer. She has stage four lung cancer. I am not, nor was I ever a smoker. The vitamin C did not help. I never had one clear scan during the treatment year. Although I don't regret trying it, it certainly didn't do a thing for me. 
What can you say about IV vitamin C and the health potential benefits? Um, P.S. She says, I love your show and listen the following day via iTunes. Keep up the good work. So it's tomorrow already when you're listening there, Kelly, but we've already answered it yesterday, but it's not old news. Go ahead, Dr. Batar. Well, first of all, um, there's so much that can be said about this. The first, the first thing is that she said that she has stage four lung cancer. Uh, she's not a smoker. She didn't, it did not help. She had one clear scan. She had never had one clear scan during the treatment year. Now, here's the thing. She's got stage four lung cancer. She's still here. She's still writing to us. She's still talking. So how can you say it didn't do any help? That's the first question. Second thing, vitamin C is nobody has ever said that vitamin C will cure cancer. Anybody who says that, they're irresponsible. Nobody has said, in fact, mm-hmm. Robert, you know from my cancer DVD, we yep. don't say anything cures yep. cancer. Cancer is a m- metabolic disarray. Cancer is a stagnation of energy, stagnation of lymphatic, stagnation of flow. Cancer is an emotional, psychological, traumatic uh, stagnation. There are so many aspects of cancer. To say that vitamin C or any other IV treatment would fix it, it's irresponsible to even think that way. Is your body in a pro-oxidative stress or in a high in, uh, oxidative stress? Absolutely, otherwise you wouldn't have cancer. Oxidation will lead to cancer. Mm-hmm. Is an, uh, vitamin C an antioxidant? Yes, so it's helping to negate that. That's like saying heavy metals cause cancer. No, heavy metals don't cause cancer, but heavy metals increase oxidation, which increases the burden on the body. So now you want to remove the metals so the body has less burden so the immune system can do what it needs to do. Because if you have metals on the body, in the body, then it's causing a suppression of your immune system and the burden that the body has to carry on top of the cancer and the metals and the persistent organic pollutants and the yes. lack of vitamin C and the lack of nutrients, etc., etc. So people need to start understanding that, you know, this, this lady, I'm, I'm so glad that she listens to our show and hopefully she's going to take this in a constructive manner. I'm not trying to attack <laughs> well, her. But, you, but, you should have heard me last hour, Dr. Pratar. I, I haven't had much sleep lately because uh, we've been on the road. And I'm like Punchy McStuffins. Liam nicknamed me that when I don't get much sleep. And I was just railing on a naturopath that I've never met, but she was just, it seemingly struck me wrong. So you're actually being quite kind. Well, that's exactly right. And the, what I wanted to say was, and, I, and I'm glad you, you prefaced that for me. You're like sugarcoating it for me, Robert, and I appreciate you doing that. But the thing is that my desire here is for this lady to understand that the vitamin C is not going to give you a benefit of scan positive, not scans negative, and nothing showing up. That's not the type of benefit that vitamin C is going to give you. Vitamin C is going to give your body, it's one of the few vitamins that the body can't produce itself. That, in fact, mm-hmm. a lack of vitamin C will cause rickets at a young age. That's why people walk bow-legged, et cetera, et cetera. So vitamin C is necessary to help the body. Uh, vitamin C is necessary for life, but it's one of the few things the body can't create itself. So to take vitamin C when your body is in severe duress in the state of cancer, for example, is a very big benefit. Just because you can't see a scan go becoming negative right. doesn't mean it's not benefiting right. you. And but the it, fact that she's got stage four and she's mm-hmm. still talking to us and alive a year later, right. it obviously had to have done something. Something happened. Something good happened. And, and yeah. you know, this is also the magic bullet syndrome, too, that when you think that, yep. you know, you'll read Linus Pauling, you'll think that's it, that's all you need to do. Uh, you know, e- even as much as I'm, uh, you know, a supporter of silver based on the science, and I've talked even in, with Ty's Truth About Cancer series, I did mention offhand at one point, hey, you know, if you nebulize silver into the lungs, of course, silver does have oncolytic properties because of the electrical charge in the cancer cells not having a defense against it. I didn't say it's the cure for lung cancer. There's a distinction because right. if we talk about deficiencies, toxicity, and we've said selenium does it micrograms, what C takes grams to do. So there's other things involved really for remediation. 
That's, that's a very important point. And that's one reason, Robert, I don't talk about selenium or vitamin C or silver or any of these things, because I know that when people hear me say something, they hear what mm. they want to hear. So I say <laughs> X, they jump on X. Yes, and that's yes. one reason I don't. Dr. Batar said, Dr. Batar said so. All right, well, that's we like... the reason I talk about the philosophy. Yes, exactly. Fundamental philosophy. Go read the international best-selling book if you're a new listener, especially the nine steps to keep the doctor away. It'll get you up to speed on the, the philosophy, the fundamental concepts that would integrate a C in this case, but would not look at it as the only thing that should have cured it, so to speak. All right, we got a lot more advanced medicine to go. We have another question of the day coming up as well. Stick with us. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. It is going to medicalrewind.com. Hundreds and hundreds of hours, years of broadcasts that Dr. Batar and I have done together. And uh, it, just stunning information. I don't think anything has ever gone bad yet. So we're, we got a pretty good track record there. Go to medicalrewind.com. Of course, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, GCN, our syndicator has it right away. And, of course, robertscottbell.com and SoundCloud and our friends across the pond at UK and UKHealthRadio.com. Dr. Pitar, did you have any follow-up on the whole cancer discussion? It was great the way perspective is in order. And, of course, the funny thing is if Dr. Pitar says it, people will hear it their own way. So I like to temper it, too. Yeah, no, and and that's the whole thing that, Robert, I wanted to just make sure that uh, we were very clear that the reason that I talk about Let's say that I did have a magic bullet, and we have mm-hmm. certain things that I believe are magic bullets, but I never talk about that. And the reason is because if you say something a magic bullet, and even if it is really a magic bullet, the, the hierarchy will shut it down. So you always have to talk about the philosophy, and the philosophy is simple. You detox the body, you give the body what it needs, you help the immune system increase, you reduce oxidative stress, you allow the body to get back into the same state, as it was meant to be, because as we've talked about, you've talked about this, I've talked about this, many doctors that believe in our type of philosophy have said the body has an innate intelligence to heal itself. So we have to remember that it's not a, a vitamin C or selenium or silver or any of these other things. They all are going to help, and that's why we use them, and that's why we talk about them. But it's a total combination of different things that allow the system to go awry and that's what the whole issue with cancer is that we want to get it rebalanced so Mm -hmm. remember that that it's no one panacea and if anybody who claims that there's a panacea they're they're selling you um Mm -hmm. you know swampland there are the many things that are going to help and there are protocols that that we've been working on uh, from intravenous to oral to all sorts of different things but there's no one magic bullet. But don't think that just because you took vitamin C or one of these other things that it didn't do you benefit. It did do you benefit just because you can't measure it, you can't feel it, doesn't mean it didn't benefit you. Exactly. And, of course, if you didn't do chemo and radiation now, you're not having to recover if you're still alive from those things uh, and rebuild because it's not only the initial cancer, it's the toxic treatments that burden your system that you have to survive. And, of course, Vitamin C, you don't have to survive, right? There's not a negative impact in that context. And so you've done yourself a favor by doing that, but it doesn't sound at all, uh, Kelly, like it's comprehensive enough. So uh, perspective is in order there. I think that was good. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you for uh, making that point, Robert, because that's exactly it. Perspective is key. 
Yep. So here we go. Uh, Let's move into ALS, which is, again, another neurological degradation scenario. We've talked mercury over the years. But what about the issue of uh, constant beatings, like, uh, you know, a football player? Dwight Clark, famous San Francisco 49er uh, football player, revealed Sunday that he has Lou Gehrig's disease, and he suspects the, the, the beating he took as a football player may have caused the illness. Well, it's a very similar thing to boxers and, you know, this uh, adult-onset dementia that's caused due to recurrent trauma to the brain. Um, there's, there's many components. See, we, we tend to box a diagnosis. We come up with these different symptoms, and we label these symptoms, and then we treat the symptoms with this label that we've just given it. Mm-hmm. So we don't treat the, the problem. Now, is it possible, just like, for example, mercury will reduce your immune system, and then you could end up getting cancer. You could end up getting uh, some type of immune deficiency. You can have mitochondrial dysfunction. You can have neurological disorder. You can have all these different things. But it was mercury that caused this, pro- this problem. But they're all different labels. And in modern medicine, we treat them all differently with a different type of drug. What we have to understand is when we're dealing with something like this story, for example, any type of blunt trauma, recurrent blunt trauma to the brain, as in football, as in boxing, can mm-hmm. cause many various types of neurological injuries that would then be manifested as we take the label and we look at the symptoms and we put the label on the symptoms and we treat the label. It can be Parkinson's, it can be uh, ALS, it can be MS. dementia, it can be whatever. Yeah. MS, exactly, myasthenia yeah. graft, whatever it is. So the point is, again, you know, it kind of ties right back into the last question about the cancer. Right. We want to remember that there is oxidative stress on the brain. Traumatic injury increases the resources that the brain needs to recover. It's increasing inflammation. It's uh, exacerbating the already, already existing pollutions there, whether it's mercury, aluminum, whatever else. It's causing a more, a greater burden. It's creating a greater burden for the body to have to negate. So mm-hmm. it's adding insult to injury. And so to remember that component and understand that these are all accumulative traumas that are sure. occurring, whether it's microscopic, macroscopic, nutritional, immune, whatever it is. Right. And, and by the way, I don't know if you saw that movie Concussion with Will Smith playing that doctor. It was all about the NFL. And they had identified that if you got a concussion and you allowed full recovery, you didn't have this likelihood of the chronic degradation. It was the repeated hits without recovery, which makes sense. I mean, it's common sense, in effect. Also, CBD, a lot of research being done into this neuroprotective, neuroregenerative. But once again, these are not panaceas we got to recover in totality. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back. Rocking the health world to the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Advanced medicine happening each and every week here. The Robert Scott Bell Show, rocking the health world. Dr. Rasha Bittar with us, Advanced Medicine Mondays, typically, we like to do together. And, of course, you can catch up the archives. Uh, just go to medicalrewind.com. Very easy to find that there. All right, folks, we got questions of the day coming in. And, and this one just happened right as we went to air, Dr. Bittar, so I barely had time to send it to you. But it's from a, a, a really good friend of ours, uh, Shelly. She uh, writes in uh, about her son. She's uh, got a specific issue. He's 11, tested high for barium since they moved into their new home, I think, about a year or so ago. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, the, the, his son, autism, son has autism. Recovered, they've been working to recover him for about seven, eight years now, I guess. Yeah. 
And they, she says, we have removed lead, cal, uh, cadmium, arsenic, mercury, antimony, and aluminum from his body successfully. I don't know how they know that for sure. That's a good question well, to ask I, you. Yeah. Well, here, let's stop here just for a second. We know sure. it's not successful because if they've been treating since 2009, it's 2017. That's eight years. He's 11 years old. He would have been three years old. I don't have a single child that was two or three or four years old or even five years old that we have treated that is not today totally neurotypic within a year, two years, three years max. So we know it wasn't done successfully. That, that's right Okay, there. so the evidence that you don't have that, 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 would you say, a full remediation recovery? How would you describe it at, at the age that they would have started through this? Then what would it indicate is necessary? Because this, the focus of her question is mostly on barium, uh, which is an interesting substance, but uh, you know, I don't know that it would cause this kind of devastation on an ongoing basis. At, I, again, at what level, I'm not sure. So, well, the, the, if you read the email again, you know, if we, we look, uh, look at it from a from a sleuth perspective, as a you know, solving a mystery perspective, this issue with barium happened about a year ago. They're treating the child for for eight years for autism. Now, in the last year, there's a high amount of barium, and they're focusing on that. Do you think that they're focusing on the right thing, Robert? I mean, again, I'm not trying to be harsh, but look Mm -hmm. at where their attention is going. Barium is not going to cause anything to do with neurological onslaught. Is barium necessarily good for a person in large volumes? No, it's not. But the focus, why is the focus on something that became an issue a year ago? Because the autism wasn't a year ago or two years ago or five years ago or six years ago. It was eight years ago they started the treatment. So why are they looking at that? And then to say that we successfully treated lead and mercury, no, you didn't. Because if you did, you wouldn't be having this question. So I what mean, might what might give her, Doctor Batar? What might give her the impression that it was successful? I mean, it, would it be a doctor's opinion at that point? Would they have read a lab report to say we've done it, we've achieved that? Let's move on. Okay, that that is an awesome question, and I'm glad you brought it up again. You you set me up so beautifully, Robert. I know you did this on purpose, <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Okay, so when we measured these things and we see high levels, like barium, for example, mm-hmm. the normal, normal tendency is for us to go, oh, my God, that's high. What do we need to do about it? But it's high because the body's getting rid of it. So that, that's, you shouldn't worry about it because it's high. It's, it's coming out. Those tests don't show us what's in our body. They show us what is coming out. Those tests are measuring the output, and that's what we are able to measure, the output. We're not measuring the amount in the body. We don't know what's in the body. The only way to do measurements of the body is doing mass spectroscopy or biopsies. The only other, that's the only way to do it. Otherwise, all you can measure is what we're pulling out. So when you do lead and mercury and cadmium, and see, the key word was that she's seeing a biomedical doctor, and they don't understand this, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just telling you they don't understand this. this is pro- they do probably more disservice to the autism community than any group. This is the reason that, uh, you know, when, when Dr. Rim, um, Rimlin, before he died, was I talked to Autism One, uh, I'm sorry, um, at the, yeah, Autism One, not Autism One, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Dan, Dan. Okay. Dr. Rimland was a director of Dan. Long story short, I wasn't a part of Dan. Dan wanted me to sign their consensus statement, which I refused to, but they named me in the consensus statement 17 times. I was the only doctor that they named in the consensus, consensus statement 17 times that nobody else was even mentioned by name, but they, I refused to sign it because everything that they said was absolutely incorrect. Mercury causes denudation of the neurofibrils. Nothing else does. This email, by, when you read it, everything that sh- the, the, this lady says, you can see where the problem is. We successfully treated lead, mercury, arsenic, cadmium, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that means that 
they looked at the test and said, oh, well, the levels are low, so that's not the issue, or we've reduced it. No, the reason they're low is because they're still in the body, because a normal, neurotypic, healthy child has very high levels of mercury coming out in their hair. Why? Because it's coming out. That's why they're eliminating it. We all have mercury. It's the ones that can't get rid of it that end up having the uh, autism, the dementia, the, mm-hmm. the Alzheimer's, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the issue is, and now, now the problem is the kid's 11 years old, so his window the way you can get full neuro, neuro, uh, neurological recovery is rapidly closing if it's not already closed. So, so we got to really work toward what? I mean, the biomedical doctors, is it, is it too much to generalize to say that they wouldn't do it, you know, an intense challenge test to, to kind of force the body to dump mercury to show, hey, there it is. We really still have to get it out. You see, the prob- that's right. The, the problem is biomedical, they're looking at the gut and the liver and the this and the that, and all that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. But until you get rid of the thing that's stopping the metabolism from working, you can spend the rest of your life trying to work on the gut. It's not going to work because the mercury's shutting the whole system down. You can work on the whole, you know, on the liver and the, and the drainage. You know this, Robert. All yeah. the other stuff. If it, you have to get it all working, but if you have the one thing that's causing a damage, it's like saying, "Hey, I'm going to work on getting this fire put out, and I'm going to make sure that I do moats around so the fire can't spread, and make sure I get rid of all the wood and the, the, the get rid of all the dry grass, and make sure I have extinguishers and this and that and blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. But you know, if you don't stop the fuel from fueling that fire, the gasoline pipe that's burst that's fueling that fire, you can do all this other stuff. It's not going to work. Yeah, well, very profound points. And, uh, Shelly, you know we love you and your family. You're doing great work out there. You have a store that helps with so many people. But uh, you asked for insight, and uh, I think you got it. Uh, if there's anything more we can do, just uh, definitely reach out let me know. And in the meantime, uh, again, I think pointed insights. And, 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 and there is a sense of urgency, as you said. The earlier you get to a child, uh, the more total success that is potential uh, uh, that is available to that child. Uh, so and, it's and not Robert, so- just so that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to defend anybody or, or yeah. especially myself, yeah. but the reason I get so animated, you know it, mm-hmm. maybe other people don't, maybe they misunderstand, but every time I hear something like this, I see a child that can be better, especially when parents genuinely are on the, the, the right track and they know yeah. the medicine. They're on, the, yeah, they're, they're on the right track, but it, it's frustrating because they, it's almost like you're moving in the right di- direction, but you're going down the wrong path in the right direction. And, mm-hmm. and, that's what, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because sure. I know what is the opposite type, what can happen. We've seen it over. You've seen hundreds of kids, if not. We've got over 2,600 that we've treated in our own clinics. I mean, that's over 2,000 kids that have effectively today, they're neurotypic. So when I hear another child, it just, it's, it's like pouring salt in the wound because you start yeah. seeing that all No, the, you, know, you, you almost take it personally because I know you've, you, you, you've dedicated your life to this because of your own son. I mean, that was your deal with God. I mean, that's where this thing started. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Abby's 18 now. You know, we, we, we uh, anyway, you, you know, I'm not going to talk about it in the air. Yeah. No, 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 that's, that's just, cool. But, but people have been listening to us for years and you for years, and, and Shelly has too. So this is great insight. I appreciate that. Now, it's interesting. There's a story out of Medical News Today that says there's a new biochemical test, talking about biomedical, that actually, they say, accurately diagnoses autism in children. I don't know if this is true or not, but what's the point if they're not going to do, as you said, to remove the fuel from the fire? And and what the, I don't, they're saying that their their tools that they have is identifying it. Ninety seven point six percent of the children that had bad autism, ninety six point one percent of those who were neurotypical. I'm not sure what this thing is that they're doing because the, they talk about two metabolic processes that they're using: the the folate dependent one carbon FOCM metabolism. 
and the transsulfuration pathways, TS pathways. And that's what they're measuring, metabolite concentrations resulting from those two metabolic processes. And both those processes, along with many other processes, like the methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme deficiency, like the glutathione S-transferase issue, there's so many different, like the APOE uh, components that was done by um, um, in, in Christchurch, New Zealand, all the studies where they published showing the APOE, which is actually a cardiovascular marker, uh, looking at the the two, three, the two, three, and four. You know, what I'm talking about the alleles where right. APOE two, two, right. two, three, 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 four, 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 four is the worst for excreting mercury. Two, two is the best natural. No problems with excreting mercury. All these different things. It's all to do with mercury metabolism. It's all to do with how well the body can get rid of mercury and and other metals too. Lead is one of those. Cadmium, some of the other ones. They're all important to get rid of, but mercury is the only one that causes denudation of the neurofibrils. Why is it that in private closed-door sessions with the Centers for Disease Control, when I ask them of their whole list of all the concerns and all their fluorinated hydrocarbons and organophosphates and toluenes and benzenes and all these different chemicals, when I ask them, unclosed doors, the head of the toxicology division at the CDC, what is your number one public health concern right now? And this is in 2004, and the guy looks at me, like, okay, are you recording this? And I'm like, no, I'm just genuinely, concern, you know, genuinely asking because I'm thinking it's going to be one of the fluorinated hydrocarbons for cancer. Mm-hmm. And he says, mercury. He said, I'll never admit it in public, but our concern, number one public concern, is mercury. Now, this, mm-hmm. is, this is the problem. This is the reason my focus has been on mercury, not just this reason, but because mercury is the only thing that we've seen visual documentation from the University of Calgary study of the denudation of the neurofibrils that's caused by mercury. You know, the snail video that I'm talking, you've seen right. it, right, Robert? It's on our, yes. on our DVDs. I mean, nothing else causes that. Nothing. Even though the studies have shown that lead decreases IQ, lead doesn't cause denudation of the neurofibrils. Yeah. The brain but, tissue, yeah. I'm just going to say, the higher mammalian species, the brain tissue literally disintegrates within minutes when exposed to mercury and not even direct contract, just in the general vicinity. Right. And if yeah. anybody doesn't believe me, go on Google, um, Google Mercury Video, University of Calgary. Or you can join the IEDFW. We've got a whole documentary on, on Mercury. We've got another one yeah. coming up that hasn't even been public. In fact, Robert, you were on it, and, and Ty was on it. There's so much out there about Mercury causing the denudation right. of the neurofibrils. Right. Everything else is secondary. Sure, and, and here's, a, here's a secondary, but an important thing. There's a story here, and we've got about a minute before break, but uh, Green Med Info published uh, through more scientific evidence that cholesterol it's all good there's no such thing as bad cholesterol it's like these are lies that are told to us by those who have drugs to reduce it so it has to become bad or else why would you use a drug for it if it's good if it's if it's helpful right and more evidence it's like one of those i told you so segments absolutely absolutely all cholesterol is good and very simply without cholesterol your body would not be what it is you would be an organic heap of of mush yeah if it wasn't for cholesterol we wouldn't have any sex hormones we wouldn't have cell member integrity it's amazing how important cholesterol is. Yeah, and it plays right along with what we talk about, brain neurological health. It's, like you said, we, we don't say it's only one thing. It's all of these things. But if you go on a statin and reduce something that protects your brain, what do you expect is going to happen? Dementia. And, of course, the, the mercury that's already there will be even worse. All right, folks, we've got to detox some more. We're going to find out what it's like to do something at 70 on seven continents in seven days. Talk about someone who's an inspiration. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell.
bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Loving the interaction from our listeners. Uh, Writing in at robertscottbell.com. Real easy. Go to robertscottbell.com. Submit a question or comment. Beautifully done. And then uh, you can always call, leave a message when we're off the air, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. By the way, those of you who want the Echo Water System, uh, they got the uh, Echo 9 Ultra H2 machine uh, available pre-order. And they've got a a finance program, so it could be like 25 bucks a month. So you don't have to come out with 2,500 cash all at once, Victor, who commented on uh, Facebook anyway. All right, so with that, uh, where do we go from here? I, I think inspiration. We've talked about exercise movement. I've covered stories where you know the mere act of, of exercising is enough to create health and healing that are overcoming obstacles that they're not even addressing in other areas of their life. I would say you don't want to ignore the mercury issue, but my gosh, if you exercise, you have so much more resilience to tolerate the things that have happened on this planet. Would you agree with that statement to some degree or totally? Yeah, I, I would agree with that, absolutely. Yeah, so we have an inspirational story that I read. I was like, this is made up. This has got to be fake. I've never heard of this. But a woman who is 70 years old, her name is Chow Smith, uh, Asian descent from, uh, uh, I guess, v- Indochina, Vietnam area. Yeah, she, she was. her father was killed during the French occupation of Vietnam during the First Indochina War. She was the born Indochina in 40... 40- usually refers... Refers to China, Vietnam. I mean, sorry, uh, Vietnam, Vietnam Laos, area, Cambodian area. Yeah, right. So the French were in there first before the Americans went in, and uh, her father was killed. In, and in 1947, she was born. Her mother went into hiding for three years. Didn't even tell her that anybody that she was alive for three years. So they think she's 67. She's actually 70. And she said she wanted to do something special for her 70th birthday. What was on her bucket list? She said something called the Triple Seven Quest. Something I've never heard of. She decided she wanted to run seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, all seven continents, and she did. This is, this, uh, Dr. Battaglia, this puts anything that I've done to shame for sure. She ran in Perth, Australia, Cairo, Amsterdam, Singapore, New York, Chile, and King George Island on Antarctica. And this was in January. Obviously, Southern Hemisphere is the, is the summer in January. So I think that each one of us needs to label with one word what they think this is. So wh- wh- let's start with Superdown. What do you? How would you label this, Superdown? What would you label? Because I already know my label. To describe this story or this woman? Yeah, this woman. What she did. I mean, you know, what, like some people say, inspirational, motivation. What I mean, what, use one word. What would you say it is? I. Well, it's amazing to me. Amazing. Okay, Robert. What yeah. did you say? You know, I, part of me wants to say crazy, honestly, because it's such brutality for your body that is like, That's you know, exactly it, what I want to say. I want to say insane. <laughs> okay, all right. So you're thinking. I mean, I'm still inspired by this woman. She survived it, but my gosh, I don't think anybody's going to go. Well, I hope nobody's going to say I want to do that tomorrow. But my gosh, the you know, we've talked about the brutality of intense endurance athletes depleting minerals to the point where they die of a heart attack, for instance, because it's such brutality. But you have to know what you're doing. To, and this lady, I, I look at hats off to her. She's wearing a hat in Antarctica. But my gosh, I don't want everybody to just say, yeah, that's what I want to do. I would say that those children that wanted to come and see us at the Natural News Expo and uh, Natural Health, the Health Freedom Expo, Expo? Disney yeah. World. Yeah. Right. And instead of going to Disney World, and I said that I would recommend they see a psychiatrist immediately. <laughs> yes. That's what I would recommend for this lady because that is <laughs> insane. Put, putting everything else aside and, yeah. and how motivational, inspiration, no. 
It's mm-hmm. insane. That is just, I mean, when you read it to me, I, saw, I heard the, the marathon, mm-hmm. you know, and then I thought, okay, she ran seven marathons. Then, then I said, wait a second, seven marathons and seven continents. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Seven marathons and seven continents in seven days? Okay, that's just crossed. That's just crossed right. into the insanity point. Right. Like you said, I don't know. I mean, some, you know, you talk about the runners that are distance runners like from Kenya. I mean, there's certainly physiological advantages, certain body types. We recognize that. I don't know a little lady from Indochina or Vietnam to do this at the age of 70. Still, it's amazing what the human body can do. But I hope that she is remineralizing so that she doesn't drop dead suddenly of a heart attack shortly thereafter. Well, this is, this is, this is one other thing besides how insane that is. Mm-hmm. It does show others the capability and the extent of how incredible the human body was designed. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's I, like bet the, you, I bet you you could take machines and mm-hmm. run them to, you know, in, that, in those different environments for that long. You yeah, know, you're right. Seven days in a row. You, heavy, heavy duty equipment and tractors or whatever. They were from Antarctica to Chile to whatever. You know, those machines wouldn't be able to tolerate that type of temperature variance. No, it's impressive. Uh, yeah, you said the, the creation is, is amazing. Again, we have to be responsible about this. I'm still going to go, wow. At the same time, I'm not going to be inspired to do it myself, but it does show what may be possible. Remember, take a lot of Arnica. Make sure you got your magnesium and all your other minerals because they will deplete when you brutalize your body that much. All right, folks, another great advanced medicine segment out of the way because we got them for you. And the power to heal is definitely yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. 